Welcome to the Dirt Reporters for the week of April 19th. I'm your host, D-Swab, Derek Kessinger. Joining me today is the editorial staff of Kevin Kovac, Robert Holman, and making his return after a one-week hiatus, Kyle McFadden. And Robert, just like fine wine, the Mac Daddy can still get her done. $100,000 richer, uh, led every single lap at Bulls Gap there this past weekend at Volunteer Speedway on Saturday night. I mean, what he's doing right now at that age, he's just unbelievable. You were uh, getting a nice story coming out from him just to dissect, discuss just this, this is the ageless wonder of McDowell. I mean, he's doing something that we have not seen in dirt late model history. Man, Especially he's, at the age he's he at. Really, he's just, he's always been good. You know, I mean, that we, we know that, but he's never he's never put up, uh, you know, big, huge win totals. He's, he's not like this uh, 25, 30 wins a year, like, like J.D. and like Brandon Overton and like some of these, uh, Brandon Overton and Brandon Shepard, like some of these other guys have done, you know, over the years. But he's always in that, that 8 to 10 wins a year. But if you look at the wins that he gets – they're, they're big ones, you know, and, and he, he, just like they focus, they have a focus and like they're successful at what they do because it's almost like they, they break things down. It's like, we're not going to go here. We're not going to go there because it doesn't make sense for us as a team. And so we're just going to focus on these events and, and, it, and it works for them. And, and he goes to places obviously that he's, really good at also you know which there's there are a few places that a dale mcdowell a hall of famer is not going to be good at but but they go to places where they know they have a better than average chance to win and it and it really works for them and uh and you can't uh you just can't say enough about about what he is getting i think he'll be 57 on may 18th and uh that's you know we don't know how, how – I'll look at some of these guys that that I grew up uh, – you know, he's not that much older than me. Uh, I think he's four years older than me. And so, you know, I look at some of these guys who kind of came up uh, about the same time that I did in the sport and, and kind of parallel uh, through, through the sport. And so, uh, I don't really feel like I'm 53 all the time. Uh, but, you know, you have to wonder how long these guys are going to want to race. And, and at, right now, you have to wonder why would why would they not want to stop? Because they are they really are, are good at what they do. And, and he's uh, he's and he's just out there at the end of a race. He's going to be there, especially a long race. Like uh, I wrote in the, the story that uh, came out last night. Uh, they just uh, that's what they focus on. And they're good at what when they focus, they're good. Yeah, Kovac, just historical perspective. He's going to be 57. Uh, Billy Moyer was, you know, 10 years ago was 57 pretty much. He's going to be 67 this year in October. In 2013, he was just winning like a line I 100s. He was winning regional races. I mean, I don't know if Dale McDowell is ever going to slow down. He's winning Evolution last year. He's he's could easily win the Dirt Late Model Dream or the World 100. He's always in contention. $100,000, you know, richer this past week, and I know – Maybe it wasn't considered a crown jewel, but nonetheless, to win that much money for a guy, you know, going to be fifty-seven. I don't, I don't know. It's pretty bananas. Uh, Scott Blumquist is fifty-nine, and even two years ago, 
he was kind of just a shell of himself what he was like in 54, 55, you know, age range for Scott Bloomquist. But this is amazing, isn't it? Yes. Scott Bloomquist might have been able to still been doing this if that accident doesn't doesn't happen. Let's let's remember that, too, that motorcycle accident that has really, you know, like pulled him down just his physical uh, ability with the, all the physical problems he's had to have. He's, he's kind of dealt with because, I mean, geez, before he had that uh, he had some, he had won big races the year before he won uh, uh, before he had that accident that just really messed up all so many bones in his body. And, and he's still, you know, I guess he's still dealing with it, but Dale McDowell also had just a year ago dealt with, uh, you know, physical problems of his own when he had a, a prostate cancer and had to come back from that. And he comes back from that uh, right off out of the box last year and won at, Eldo at uh, sorry, at, at Volusia. Uh, and, and that was on some tracks that was pretty rough too, which was pretty, uh, that, those weren't like the things that, that Dale McDowell really likes, uh, you know, those rough, uh, get up on the wheel racetracks, uh, uh, bouncing all over the place. He, he was even saying that at his age, that's not, that's not, not my style, but he won on it. Uh, I think that shows just how, uh, you know, versatile he still is and, uh, he, he just is a, he seem he's the veteran. He's like the quintessential veteran almost here now where he has everything. He's really got his, uh, you know, his, his, his confidence and his everything under control, like how he's going to run a race. Uh, nothing's going to like shake him out of like having, you're not going to, somebody's not going to show their door, show their nose to him and, and shake him up. I mean, he's seen everything. He's been through everything. And uh, he knows he's got a good car. I mean, that's the one thing. I think we talked about that in our uh, a lot of us in our fast in our fast talk uh, answers this week on the website. Where uh, you know, what are some attributes that make him so good still at the age at age of 56? And and when is? I mean, he has to have great confidence in his race car. And, and Shane McDowell, his brother and car owner and crew chief. I mean, those guys have worked together a long time. Shane's one of the best in the business. Dale knows he's going to have a race car that. Uh, that can get the job done every, when, he, when he goes on the racetrack. And, and then it's up to him. And, and again, he does not overreact. You see how smooth and, 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 and calm and collected he is. Uh, I know that he can – everyone says, like, yeah, you don't want to see Dale McDowell get mad. I mean, I've heard, like, Mark Richards has said it before. He seems like the big, you know, calm, you know, guy when you see him. Uh, but he has he has a temper, I guess, that he could if you get you cross him, he's going to get you. But he doesn't show that on the racetrack. I, I I think almost last year, I think it was when he had had his incident with Chris Madden at Volusia. Uh, one night they kind of came together, and he said he was so angry he could have like went up there and done something to you know gave Madden a bump, but he didn't. He kept under control, and then he won right after that. He won a race, so like he kind of like you know it it. it, it some younger guy could probably take some, uh, some pointers from what Dale McDowell does now, you know, control your emotions on the racetrack. Uh, and, and, uh, and you reap the benefits like what he's doing right now. D suave's muted. We get one of these a week, D suave. I know. Sorry. Cause I, you know, <laughs> I'm, I want to butt in, but you guys have so much good stuff. That's why I mute myself. Go back. Well, that's all right. Yeah, well, we, we'll we'll point it out to you when you start talking, and and you we can't hear you. All right. Well, another thing is Kyle McFadden. Like, he's the guy I always go to if I need a good quote about the industry. He's the guy that hey, if this happens here, 
let's get Dale McDowell's perspective because he's going to tell you how it is. He's going to explain it, you know, perfect, you know, perfection. Um, he's going to explain it perfectly. I don't know. He just has a good soundbite. He's one of those guys I feel like race fans do not hate. So when you see Dale McDowell win, it's always like a good, you know, good-hearted story because him and his brother are the ones, you know, having the race team. Uh, they've been doing it, you know, since I can remember, even longer, just those two. Uh, yeah, I know he had that little stint with Boyer, but it just seems like it's been, it's been those two guys. And to see those guys going through through different generations of racing, too, and still be at the top of their game is something else we got to take a look at. But just a good-hearted win. I think that everybody can all agree when Dale McDowell wins, dirt late model racing is kind of happy after he does get the after he gets the W. Yeah, totally. I was uh, you know talking with my dad about you know he watched that race the other night on Saturday, and he, you know that was his first reaction too. You know he was um, happy to see Dale win, and uh, yeah, I mean there's that like relatability aspect right to Dale, and um, you know. I remember just like last year, there was a story I had wrote after, I want to say, it was after the World World 100, I think, Davenport and Madden and Overton had finished on the podium again. They were up in the top four or five, all three of them, and that was kind of the storyline all year last year, right, was JD and Madden and Overton had pretty much, uh, you know, won the lion's share of crown jewels or they had been in the hunt. Um, and I was just asking Dale, you know, just like the last time that had happened or to put that all in perspective, just from his perspective in his eyes. And he gave me like almost a 10 minute long answer. Right. And so, um, I think back to those moments of absolutely interviewing Dale, even when he's not in the spotlight. Right. I mean, he's just a lover of the sport and he just, uh, you know, he just loves competition. He loves still being in the heat and thick of it all, obviously still at age almost 57. And, um, you know, even if, if you look across other forms of racing, right. I mean, you don't see anybody else in NASCAR performing at his high level at age 57. And even in sprint car racing, you really don't see that often as well. Um, and, uh, so, you know, even, just like beyond dirt late model racing, you know, Dale McDowell is doing something in, in the form of motorsports that is quite rare. And so, um, you know, he could easily still be winning races here um, close to 60. And so obviously he's not, not slowing down. And if you would think that there would be any type of, you know, just like the long distance races, right. I mean, he's, I was watching him at, uh, at Kyle Larson's race two weeks ago on that Thursday night. And he was only getting better. He finished uh, second there to Larson past JD there late. And, um, and so I just had a feeling coming after that night that, yeah, I mean, Dale McDowell was my pick going into this 100 lap race over the weekend. So uh, just for him to, to, to get stronger and to get better as the runs go on too, obviously that speaks a lot to his race cars and how Shane McDowell sets him up in his tire management, but also just, you know, where he's at physically, where he's at mentally and, and uh, he's sharper than ever. And it's, it's definitely good for the sport for sure. Robert, do you think maybe McDowell or Dale and Shane have figured out this way? Like, Hey, you don't have to run a hundred races a year. We can just run like 40 to 50. Like, you don't have to be like Brandon Shepard race 130. You think Shepard could realize, Hey, if we just go to tracks we're good at, 
keep our equipment fresh, then maybe, just maybe, we can do the same thing as McDowell? Or you think they're just a special breed that no one could really even, you know, do that besides those two? Uh, you know, I don't think they're the, the only people who, who can do it. Uh, but uh, I do think that, that it is special. It takes a special person. It takes a special team. You got to have special sponsors. You have to have people support you. You know that that can really that can really help you get up and down the road. Uh, and you have to have you have to have tracks in your area that that you can go to and and succeed at. You know that pay good money. That's that's the thing. If you look at at where uh, Dale and Shane and their shop and stuff and everything's located they're kind of in a in a really good location as far as travel wise between good look at all the good hopping races you have at just uh, um, volunteer alone this year but then you have 411 and smoky mountain and taswell uh, you have all these, and I'm, hopefully i'm sure i'm missing a couple but you have all these all these tracks right there in their area where where they don't have to to go you know, far away from home to race for big money. That's the key. And and that's, you know, one of the things they look at, you know, they have a budget that they that they focus their whole season on. And, and obviously winning $100,000 will help that budget. <clears throat> but, um, you know, I don't think that they're, they are a rare breed for sure. Yeah. But I don't think that it's, it's, you know, I think other people can do it. They just have to set their mind to it and say, this is what we're, it's so tempting. You know, Shane, you know, told me there are races he'd like to go race. There are other places he'd like to go, but they just don't do it. And, and, and because it's not in their budget, you know, if they want to keep doing it, if they, they go to one place, you know, travel far away and it kills their budget. And that's just not smart. So the thing about them is that they, they race very, very smart. You know, they, they race at these places that they know they're, they're good at. It fits their schedule and they're not going to drive, you know, all the way across the country for a $10,000 to win race. You know, they might drive somewhere for a 50 that pays good money back through the field or something, but they're not going to drive all the way across, across the country. You know, you see a lot of these guys that are up and down the road, a lot and, and like i said shane he told me saturday it's not like he wouldn't want to race more but it just doesn't make sense and uh and it, it, they found something that really works for them and, and uh i think you can other people do it yeah i think other people do it but you have to have all the right pieces in place you have to have good sponsors that that allow you that they're committed to you that allow you to do that uh, uh you know you have to have can't be you know, some sponsors come on board and they expect you to be at, you know, Podunk, Wisconsin on a Tuesday night when that's not really in your best interest on that particular week or whatever. But, you know, you have to go to go to that place to satisfy the sponsor. And in the long run, is that really worth it? So you have to have sponsors that really support you as well. And, and I think that they definitely do that. And, you know, my question, one of my questions, to, well, my question to, to you guys, where do we put, where do we put Dale McDowell in our sport? You know, where, you know, we, we, we've all gone through our, our, um, 
top five drivers, you know, before. And and if he keeps winning at this clip, does does Delmont Dow have a chance to to get into the top three drivers of all time? You know, if he keeps winning big races like this, you know, we I think we've all pretty been much resigned to, to adding to putting Scott Bloomquist and Billy Moyer as the top two, and then that that third one is kind of a a toss up. But for me, it's a purpose. But where does where does Dale McDowell fit on that list? And will he ever have a chance to – do you think he'll ever have a chance to creep into that, that top three or top four? Yeah, I mean, if he's still – I mean, if he could still race until he's 70, so the way he's running, I mean, he just drives that thing so damn smooth. He does have that Bloomquist driving style where he can run that middle bottom Kovac. Uh, but I was just looking at his schedule. It's pretty funny. He only has, like, week-to-week updates. Uh, after um, you know the last weekend in April with the Talladega race, he has nothing the rest of the season. But if you win a hundred thousand dollar win races, you don't have to schedule all these ten thousand, twenty thousands. I mean, like a regional guy, let's just say like Brian Shirley or Shannon Babb or you know like even Bobby Pierce. You know, years prior, they have to win ten races on the Summer Nationals. I just paid ten grand or you know special shows in the Midwest, just equal what Dale McDowell did this past weekend. So. He doesn't have to go anywhere if he you know wins these twenty plus you know uh, winner purses. Yeah, big big money wins like that they make a big difference in your in your outlook, I guess. Uh, uh, if you if you're not a full time, I mean, if you're not a one hundred percent full time, go to all over the place like a Jonathan Davenport. If you're, I don't think that Dale McDowell is out there to try to win two million dollars or even a million dollars this year. Uh, he's not going to run that many races. Uh, and, and also McDowell is, is, a, is a guy I – mean, not everybody can go run 35, 40, maybe 50 races at the top and be successful. I mean, a lot of a lot of guys, it's about quantity. Uh, they don't have the – they, they need to race a lot to, to create the money to, to, to keep going uh, because they're not going to win – you know, they're not going to bag that $100,000 to win or $50,000 to win race. Uh, and they don't have as much experience as a Dale McDowell. Dale McDowell's done the the whole series thing with the World of Outlaws. You know, have a Tampa UDTRA back in the day. I mean, he he was running all over the country for points. Uh, he's doesn't want to do that anymore, and he doesn't have that. They don't have that budget. Uh, they, they probably could have the budget, but they don't have the the, the enough people. It's gonna it's gonna make them run worse if they would try to run that many races because they don't have the manpower and, and the uh, the, the, the total resources that uh, you really would need to have. It would affect everything. Uh, he's good at, he, he knows where he's goes to these racetracks. Like Robert said, where he's, he's been there a lot. He's been Eldora a lot. He's been to these East Tennessee tracks a lot. Uh, he, he doesn't stray away from, uh, he goes to like a spring, uh, summer national, uh, excuse me, the Southern national races during, uh, you know, in, in July and August, he'll go to those, a lot of those Southern tracks that he knows, uh, he's not going away from that stuff. He keeps it in his wheelhouse, really, and he makes the most of all his races. Uh, he's if he's he's so consistent too, where he's usually going to be in some decent money. He's not going to have those uh, 20, 20th place finishes. And if he does, he's a guy that'll probably if he really feels out to lunch, he doesn't have to stay out there for points. He could pull it in and, and save his equipment and not run a hundred laps or fifty laps even just to finish, you know, 12th or 13th place. Uh, he can, he can pull out and that, that knowledge too, that those two guys that, that Dale and Shane have that really helps out 
allows them to run that. They don't have to race so much to keep up, uh, you know, just to learn. I mean, the one thing about racing is uh, not, I mean, he's always going to have more experience than some of these young guys because he's been doing it so long. It's going to take those guys a long, long time to catch up. Uh, even if they run more races every year because Dale's run and Shane have run so many races over the years. Uh, and I think that keeps them. And I touch on, you know, Robert's point there too, about could he be into the top three of, uh, of dirt late model drivers, like an all time list. I, I, I don't know about that. He doesn't have the, I don't think he's, he's not going to win. He's not winning national championships anymore. He's not running for that. I mean, maybe if he goes and wins five world 100s or dreams, uh, you know, in the next few years, uh, but he's only got one of each. Uh, he doesn't have those big numbers of, of the, you know, he's going to be a contender all over the place, but he doesn't have them big numbers that even like a Jonathan Davenport is still adding to at 39 years old. So I, I, I don't think I'd ever better put him in a top three, but obviously yeah, he's, he could be a top 10 guy for, for sure. Uh, if he keeps adding some more of these big wins to his resume. Kyle, last thought on Dale McDowell getting a big win. Before we go into the, today's topic, I'll give you a, one more chance to maybe what do you think about the top 10, top five? I say he's in the – I say, like, once you get to, like, six all-time, six through, like, 15, you can, like, kind of shuffle around, in my opinion, just depending on era, depending on, you know, big-time victories and stuff like that. So Derek, you, think? you found out about that, right, dude? You put a top 10 on Twitter. Yo, you would have thought, getting, man, you thought that some of these drivers were are hobos. So, I mean, that's what I'm <laughs> You saying. got some people coming after you. Yeah, that's all right. What do you think, though, Kyle? No, it's a fair question. Um, yeah, no, I was just looking through, you know, some of his records or some of his numbers quickly, just kind of trying to put it all in perspective. And that one World 100 victory – you know, he would need at least well, one Shane more, and Babble right? in that race. Shane and Babble in that conversation. race. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, like just yeah, I mean he would need to, you know, win one of those pretty soon just to, you know, have this conversation again to kind of restack him and where would we you know, where would we put him, you know, say if he won the world world one hundred this year or next year. And so I mean, he's definitely in the top 10 all time easily, right? Um, I, I don't think that can be debated, um, at least not on my list. Uh, in terms of the top five, I mean, he would definitely, like Kevin mentioned, he's obviously not running for any national championships anymore. Um, and so obviously that comes down to the crown jewels, and we all know that he's going to show up at Eldora with a fighting chance. So. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, who knows, say he has at least five more solid years in, maybe he could win their dream or world 100 or two. It's certainly possible, but even then, would that be enough to put him in the top four of the Mount Rushmore? Probably not, but who knows? I mean, he's, he's, he, he has some time left to make that happen, but, uh, not in my top five just yet. Yeah, and he's the type of guy that uh, Kovac just gave me a note that he hasn't won double digit wins in you know a long time because he just he's just always in contention. So you think he, he think he wins a lot, but again, he's not getting as many starts as other as these other guys. So very interesting to see like when it's all said and done. I think a lot of people uh, I was are going to have him in the top five to 10 range. Well, some people might have him out if he doesn't win any more races, but nonetheless, Dale McDowell, 
just the age of Swanner. One day when I grow up, I want to be like him at that age, just dominating life and having a good, successful runs. Uh, Kovac, yeah, some big news happened to me this past weekend. I got married. Uh, as you see here, it was a great time. So it got us kind of thinking of just kind of like, you know, the kind of cool, the best late model couples that we've seen, you know, throughout our, you know, careers in journalism. There obviously is so many good ones out there, uh, husband and wife. Uh, like Kyle said before, you just got to be dedicated as the wife to go to all these races, maybe run the t-shirt trailer, uh, praying and hoping your uh, husband can either win or doesn't get in a bad crash. A lot of things can happen, a lot of scenarios, but there's some very good ones out there. Uh, so, Kovacs, since you started this, we'll let you go first. What's like? The, what's one or two that comes you know comes to mind, or maybe you're just going to give us one and then you can come back to another one? Because there's so many good ones out there, and these wives do a great and mighty fine job, don't they? Yeah, it's like they they're they're a good support system, you know, all the time for uh you better have a have a wife who's uh who's on board with your race and uh, if you're going to be going all over the country and and doing this for a living. Uh you know, I I just like a like a long-term one, a long-term couple that just immediately comes to mind. Uh, always one of my favorite uh, couples there, I guess, in uh, in Dirt Lake Mile Race would be Donnie and his wife Donnie Moran and his wife Brenda. Uh, Brenda's been with him like, well, you know, they got, well, they have those five, five kids too, you know, they're all, uh, uh, we, you know, they produced one of the, you know, a, a top star now in Devin Moran and they have old Wiley, a great, uh, uh, great, um, uh, sidekick to Devin, uh, you know, on the mechanical side. Uh, I, I've, Brenda's always just been, a always right there with, with, uh, Donnie. I mean, they were, she was at all the races, when Donnie was traveling all over, she was in the t-shirt trailer selling the, selling the apparel and taking care of her, you know, the kids of those little, little kids that they were little Devin on the road, little Wiley on the road, little Tristan and all them. They're all on the road for so many years uh, with their parents and Brenda, you know, like uh, Donnie's in the pits, you know, hang, you know, getting ready to race. And, and there's Brenda, like uh, always right alongside of them. Uh, handling all the other stuff with the family too at the racetrack. I mean, they were, they've always just been uh, that, that's, and, and I still see them today, you know, go, they'll, they'll both come and watch uh, Devin race. And I, it's a, a long, long running, long, a lot of years together in racing. That's for sure. And she's seen a lot, uh, plenty of Eldora victories as well. A lot of worlds, the Eldora million. So she, she, she doesn't, she probably likes going to the big E close to home. Uh, she was pregnant with Savannah when they won the million. So, yeah, she, she has a lot of miles on her. Now she's going to all the races to watch uh, Devin Moran as well. Let's not say a lot of miles on her, Derek, though. I mean, I, I just heard those uh, those words. Yeah, she's, she's not a lot of miles. Oh There's a gosh. lot of highway miles, Derek. Highway miles, uh, yes, of course. I'm not in the gutter like you. That's you said a lot of miles on her. Jeez, like she you, just. You, can, you yeah. can tell that Terry just got married. He, he, he just got married, Robert, right? You know, you just don't say, just, come on. That's why right. I'm like, I'm making sure like that. Brenda Moran, she's like, she's, she's she traveled a lot. She's a lot of highway miles. She's with, traveled a yes, lot. Yes, she's traveled a lot with, with her beautiful husband, Donnie, and with all the kids now, especially <laughs> yes. Devin, uh, wheeling and dealing throughout the entire country. So uh, my apologies, Kovac, head in the gutter, <laughs> like always, right. at Northeastern Pervenum. All right, what about you, Robert? What do you think? <laughs> Uh, it's almost not fair as, uh, like Kevin said, there's so many, I mean, you said there's so many, 
uh, and we, we run across them from from week to week. And as long as we, probably the first couple that comes to my mind is Bob and Angie Pierce. I mean, they're they're just uh, they've always been at the racetrack since I, I remember you know summer national stuff and Bobby playing in the dirt with his little cars at Clarksville. Uh, you know when I was there. Um, I think that was 2001. I think Bob maybe won a race there at Clarksville, a summer nationals race that I was at. And I just remember, I remember going to all these places and, and seeing, seeing those two. And then of course there, there are two kids, uh, uh, growing up. It just to me, uh, you know, Angie is really, uh, I could like Kevin said with, with Brenda, you know, she's dedicated her life to, to the family sport there. Like, like many of these wives do, and, uh, you know, you'll see her playing in the, the, the t-shirt trailer and, and, and defending Bobby on social media, you know, those, those kind of things. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, those two just because of, of I guess my longevity, um, in, in the career, uh, in, in the sport, I've seen them at the track for so many years. Those two kind of stick out right away for me. Yeah, and Andy's very charismatic. So when I don't think it's probably as much anymore when Bobby was her little boy, when he was getting a little tuffles or there was something on track incident, you would for sure hear Angie and she'd give your she'd give your give you her opinion on different things that's happened. But yeah, she's uh, she's a great great wife. Great mother. She's uh she's definitely one up there that I had in my mind. I'm gonna go with uh Stacy and Mikey Marler. Uh Stacy's at like every single race. Uh Mikey travels a lot. And I feel like she's very good at like scheduling like different things to do not at the racetrack, like sightseeing, uh going to different places, uh checking out like the Grand Canyon or something. She's very good at planning all that stuff. And uh she's been in racing for a long time and she has plenty of highway miles, Kovac, as well with Mikey Marler. And uh, she'll definitely, if she thinks that you're, you know, doing favoritisms to somebody else, she'll she'll say it how it is, which I appreciate that because, uh, you know, we got to give some Mikey some love too here at Dirt on Dirt. Maybe sometimes she thinks that we don't, but she's definitely a very, uh, very good husband, wife as well. And you can just tell that, like, Mikey just absolutely adores her as well, which is also a thing in marriage. I think you have to love and appreciate spending time with your wife and especially going up and down in those uh, haulers throughout all these years. I think their love is a uh, very strong is very cool to see. Uh, that's mine. Derek, Derek, I, I think, I, I think one. they've actually, I think they've actually been to, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, I was thinking of that too. Like you said, like how they travel, they, they'll, they'll go to Mount Rushmore or something when they're out in the Midwest. And um, right. you know, I mean, they just always get these little, I think they've been to all 48, states uh you know uh, um you know the the continental united states i think they just haven't been to maybe alaska and hawaii maybe, maybe they've even changed that but i think they've been to just about every state let's get country, to a race in hawaii then. Cool. that's right let's pretty get, cool i mean they, yeah, they get I mean, they get to, been to a place in hawaii yeah but you can <laughs> yeah. just tell like those two absolutely absolutely adore each other which i find you know being married and being together for that long is a uh, pretty special to see i think that's definitely one of the Definitely a couple that a lot of people would think in uh, dirt late model racing. All right, Kyle, what about you? What do you think? Uh, there's plenty of them out there. And what have you noticed? And I, I thought you said it perfectly before, like just like all the sacrifice that these women have to make, you know, especially going up and down the road and stuff like that. 
Yeah, and what really got me thinking about that, I mean, from the outside when you're, you know, seeing, um, you just as much as, you know, these racers travel up and down the road, you think about their families and whatnot. And I was just thinking about Rachel Davenport and Jonathan Davenport, you know, watching, um, you know, our short film or um, Dirty Dollars that just recently came out and, and just watching her raw emotion, you know, as she's <clears throat> describing, you know, just how, just like the dynamic of a marriage at, you know, and the way that, you know, she supports Jonathan and Jonathan supporting her, you know, just on the road. And, and um, I had met her at Bristol um, for the first time too, and just getting to talk with her and just seeing just, um, you know, firsthand, just, um, just how proud she is obviously of, of her husband's accomplishments, especially getting to race at the NASCAR cup level. And, um, you know, as we were kind of talking about topics for, or as Kevin presented this topic, um, on the show, she, um, you know, Rachel Davenport came to mind and just my like interaction with her at Bristol and, uh, just how supportive, you know, she is, um, of her husband. And, and so who, I mean, these racers, obviously, I mean, we travel all the time, right. Um, writing about these racers and families and, and, you know, we have the luxury of occasionally taking flights on our way back home and spending a few days back home, even weeks at a time back home as we alternate, you know, at the racetrack and, um, you know, these drivers and, and teams and families don't typically have that, um, you know, ability to fly back home occasionally. And, and, uh, you know, that's if you're racing national tours like a Jonathan Davenport or racing close to a hundred races a, a year, if not more than that. So, um, you know, I think of that often and, and just, uh, you know, like the family dynamic, but obviously too, um, just the, somebody like, you know, like the Davenport family who, uh, didn't come from nothing. Don't want to say that, but certain certainly have to had fought their way through some, um, testy times to, to, to get to the top of our sport. And so, um, certainly the humanity of, and, uh, the passion and, and just also like the adoration too. I mean, Derek touched on it, you know, with Stacy and Mike Marther, I think every family, you know, shows their adoration for each other in different ways. And, and, um, you know, certainly not easy most times, but ultimately, um, you know, there's that conduit that keeps them together. And, and, uh, you know, it's always, always good to see couples on a mission for each other and to, um, support each other. So, yeah. Kovac, Rachel might be mad at you cause you didn't mention her and your couple. I mean, she's like a big fan of you. So I'm just saying, I don't want you guys to have a little, you know, little tussle or a little ruffle in the feathers because she she tweets highly about you in the past that you know that you're Kyle a good just rider. stole it kyle stole her ah, right from right from there you go right kyle, there, there that you couple go. that's perfect so that's all right it's all right though but yeah yeah that's that's a that's a couple i've seen uh a lot at the races i mean yeah she's a uh uh right beside him i mean and again watch that watch that film the film the short film the, to see that but i have several i'm gonna just throw out a few couples here these are couples that i'm uh, racing dirt lane model racing couples that i always see that they like to have fun you know like they'll 
you always see them together at the racetrack. They, um, they're at most of the races together all the time. Uh, and you'll all, if, if the driver's racing, if he's, uh, not involved, if he's involved with racing in another direction, she's, this wife is usually with him too. Uh, and also you'll usually see them out at the post-race, uh, you know, uh, action and whether it be at some bar or like just hanging out at the racetrack or something. But one, one couple that always sticks out in my mind is Bill and Josie, uh, uh, Josie Schlieper, uh, you know, Bill Schlieper, a pro power, uh, engine builder. Uh, those two, I mean, we talked about Bill not too long ago, how he's like a life of the party, but Josie is right there. Josie's she's there all the time with them. I mean, she's there. You always see her at the races. They're traveling all of them together and they'll be afterwards. They'll be at that bar or whatever. And then partying up with everybody. Uh, and, and, huge and another one. Fans. Well, that's okay. Well, well, we'll let that go. We'll let that slide. Okay. Right. That that's, that's for you. Right. <laughs> Another couple like that non uh, driver at this point used to be a driver all the time, Steve Baker and Sherry Baker. I remember a couple, not too long ago, I said I would invite them to my uh, Thanksgiving dinner. If we're inviting some couples in racing, because I know that I'll get some good conversation and they'll be fun couple. Again, we, Hey, when the ocean deck, uh, we go to the ocean deck down in Florida when Lucia rains out, Steve and Sherry, they're going to be there and they're going to be smiling and having fun and, and just, you know, having, keeping everybody, you know, like you have, you'll know that you'll have a good time talking to them. And then two other couples, this is one that we've already, you know, uh, they're, they're on top of the world right now is Shane and Sarah McDowell, uh, the car owners for Dale. Uh, you always see them too. I mean, at, at the races, uh, Sarah's, I don't know if I've been to a race barely ever. Uh, that Dale and, and Shane have been at that, that Sarah wasn't at. She's, she's always there keeping kind of keeping them in line too. Uh, and, and you'll see them uh, having fun. Uh, if there's any, if there's something, if there's some sort of social gathering after a race, uh, those two will be at it. And then one other, this, I think Derek, you'll like these two. You, I mean, they're, these are two of your fans. It'd be Gary Stuhler and his wife, Jerry. I mean, those two have always been yeah, there. I mean, they were going to give Derek a ride home to the hotel at Charlotte uh, from the bar after that one off night that we had at the world finals last year. They're just I, good I people hadn't been there, there Kovac. I was going to come get him. I was coming to get Derek, but Gary calls me and says, should I give him a ride? You're going to be able to get him. I would say, Hey, you know, Gary would, um, you know, th those, they would have, they'd have taken him back an hour to his hotel if they need to, but you always see, uh, and Jerry's also, you know, she'll, uh, she's there when, when Gary's racing, they're there. All, I mean, and they're at all kinds of races when Gary's not racing too. I mean, they're at East Bay for the entire winter nationals all the time. I'll see them. They'll be out there at the, you know, at Lernerville if Gary's not racing. Eldora. You'll always see those two at a lot of racetracks. Yep. They're, they're big race fans. Uh, uh, also when, when Gary's not behind the wheel. I mean, I got to go with a good time. We got to go with Jason and Abby Fager, former Miss Eldora, Jason just sweeps her off her feet. Uh, they're always a good time. Uh, Abby, she can get a little feisty at times, which I appreciate. Uh, but she goes every single race. Not as much now since they have a beautiful baby girl and, you know, she has a full-time job at Rivian. But she goes as many as she can. Uh, she runs a T-shirt trailer. You'll always see her having a good time afterwards, uh, hanging with Jason. And, uh, yeah, that's a good that's a good local couple for me. I uh, those two are those two have always been nice to me. I remember when we, we did the stay home 
thing for the Wild West Shootout when me and Fager were doing the Facebook Live thing. And uh, Abby made us a nice spaghetti dinner. So not only can she be a great wife, she can be a good uh, good cook and chef as well. Uh, so I'm going to go give them a shout out. They're a great, they're a great uh, uh, husband and wife. Uh, Robert, you got any more before we close it out with one more thing? It's it's uh, it, it's hard to mention them all. I mean, you know, like first of all, I want to forget. You know, you rarely see Ryan Unzicker at the racetrack without his wife, and I don't know her name. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not, I'm not like Kevin, who's on a first name basis with all these racers' wives. I don't know what Kevin. <laughs> now I know why I can't ever get in touch with Kevin during a race, but. Uh, but so so I don't actually know Ryan Unzicker's wife's name, but I rarely see them apart. Uh, so when they're at the, when I'm at a racetrack in, in the Midwest, uh, Dirt Car Summer Nationals, big shows over there. So so uh, so she's very supportive. Obviously, she you know helps uh, uh, Brenton and Melody Larson. Uh, uh, she goes on the road uh, with him quite often. She's a crunchy. lot of times, uh, she's his only help when they're out on the road. Uh, but, uh, but I'm going to, I'm going to lay down a power couple, uh, out there for you, uh, in your area, uh, Derek, former racer and, uh, father of two racetrack promoters, you know, how can you, how can you overlook Kevin and Tammy Gundaker? The Gundakers are, a good are one. legendary. Uh, you know, they've got uh, two two sons that race now. Gordy, obviously, is uh, your your bud, Gordo. And then, uh, but then, you know, they, they run the racetrack there. And, and Kevin, uh, I think the last time I actually saw Kevin race, it's kind of unbelievable, was back in 2001. Uh, I don't know when he actually quit, but it was 2001. So, but, you know, those two have gone on and, and done, you know, a lot after Kevin's driving days uh, were were over, so you know if you go out there to their racetrack, you know you, if you want to see who's in charge, you might want to find Tammy. If you want, no offense to Kevin, uh, not Kevin uh, Kovac, but Kevin Gundecker. No offense to him, but if you want to see who's in charge, you might want to find find Tammy. Yeah, and they help out the Gateway Dirt Nationals. Are always the two in the infield running around. Kevin doing the track work, Tammy getting everybody lined up, kind of being like the kind of the official before they go on the racetrack. She does a great job. That's a it's a very good call out there. Uh, Kyle, we got a couple more, or any more before we finish it off. I know uh, maybe like the the Rumleys, they're always at the racetrack together. That's a very good one as well. Yeah, I was actually just thinking about them. You know, Jacqueline and Kevin, right? Always some of the the most friendly people in the area and. Uh, always saying hey and, and and stopping to make time for conversation. Certainly those two and and uh, you know he's he's not solely a dirt late model driver, but you know Kyle Larson and Caitlin Larson too. You, know, you can't can't forget about them and uh, you know just their obviously uh, well well known nature across the across the way of motorsports and and um, yeah. It's uh, you guys pretty much listed most of them there, um, at least the ones that you know I was thinking of, and and um, you know, it was a good topic and certainly um, you know, something nice to spotlight. 
Kovac, I know we're getting like very gushy and heartfelt, but you know, there's some wives that can bust the driver's balls. I mean, Abby Fager is one of them. And then there's a, there's one that you're thinking of that, uh, that calls him out, you know, even on Facebook, if he stinks it up, she won't, she won't hold back. Oh yeah. That would be, uh, Max Blair's wife, uh, Brandy. Uh, she, um, I kind of always get a kick out of watching, of seeing her comments on Facebook, especially, uh, because, uh, and it's not just racing wise too. I mean, if, if Max isn't getting up on the wheel or something, I think Brandy will call him out on that, but she also like throws out little things that like Max will do at home, you know, like when, uh, you know, just funny things, you know, like, you know, like the, the, the cookies or something, uh, the, the cookie bag in the, in the cupboard, he leaves it in there with no cookies in it or something, or, or like, Oh, look, look at, uh, we had a incident here. We couldn't, we once again, we couldn't find the, uh, the remote control for the TV. So guess what, what, uh, what Max did. She shows a picture of Max putting like this giant, like piece of cardboard on it. So it's not going to be, you know, easily lost in the, you know, the, the sofa cushions or something, but, uh, she That's really, good. uh, yeah, I mean, so I, it just there's always something funny that that uh, Brandy, she's very irreverent, I guess you could say, and and like uh, in uh, about how she uh, makes some comments about uh, maybe Max, I don't know, Max, Max always probably doesn't like every time, all the time, like having everybody know uh, all the mess ups he does back around the household, but she does point out the things that he does sometimes that are smart, like that, like that cardboard on the on the remote control or, or some other things that he'll, he'll do around. He'll, he comes up with some good, uh, you know, racer oriented, uh, fix it, fix, uh, fixing, fix it, I guess, sometimes around the, around the house, but I always enjoy them. I, I can enjoy some of those, uh, 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 th those racing wives that really, you know, they, they, they let their, their drivers have their, their husbands have it. If they're not, they're not like putting every the hundred percent effort into their racing. I think the, I think one, you'd know one too, right? Derek, how about the domes? Uh, how about how about that? How about there? Yeah. How about if uh, how about if Zach's not? How about if Zach's not producing on the racetrack? <laughs> yeah, she'll she'll call out Zach. She'll call out other things she sees at the racetrack. Uh, yeah, Veronica uh, Dome is definitely a firecracker when it comes to social media. We had that road to Eldora. She was uh she was very good on that. Uh, that's a great couple as well. There's plenty of other beautiful. Uh, husband and wife, married couples out there. So we're sorry if we didn't get to you, but we just want to say from our bottom of heart that you guys mean so much to us. It's uh, great to see you guys at the racetrack. Uh, great to see you guys show some love to your beautiful husband when he goes to the racetrack and the husband, vice versa. If they're not the racetrack, they better thank their wife in victory lane. And one person who's very good at that, Robert Holman, is Brian Shirley. Uh, his wife, unfortunately, doesn't get to go to many races, but he's always given her a special shout-out in victory lane. Yeah, you'd be uh, you'd be remiss. To, to, I mean, there's so many, and, and they all are, are, I think, appreciative of the of the supportive of having a supportive wife. Because I mean, it's it's very difficult out here on the road, and if your wife can't be with you, uh, sometimes it makes it. Sometimes you know, I'm not sure that traveling up and down the road with my wife would be a uh, would be a good thing. Uh, but then there are times when you're you're out here on the road, you're like, you know, damn, I sure do wish my wife was out here uh, kind of as well. So so if you're a driver and, and you're out there on the road and and, uh, and your wife doesn't get to 
talking about. She's back home holding down the fort, whether it be with, you know, two or three kids, making sure they get their homework done or make sure, you know, things go well back home. Uh, they, they, if you're not giving them a shout out in victory lane, guys, you need to start because, uh, because it's not, it's not easy. Uh, you know, sometimes I actually, as much as we travel, you know, seven, about all of us average about 70 races a year, somewhere in that neighborhood. And there are a lot of times when I think to myself, you know, I, I really deep down wonder what my wife thinks of, about this stupid job that I have and, and being gone this much and, and having to take care of so much stuff at home, you know, by herself. So, yeah, guys, drivers, if you're not giving a shout out to your wives uh, at the racetrack or in your lane, uh, you need to start because, because, yeah, it's, uh, it, it, take, it takes everybody to, to get the stuff done. Can't hear Derek. Oh, that's twice. That's twice. Sorry, I hit the Damn button. It, I thought it went through. Sorry. You know, uh, I was just so just in tune with Robert Holman's beautiful speech about drivers thanking their wives in victory lane. Uh, I'm sorry. I thought I hit the button, but I didn't. We'll do one, one more thing. Kyle McFadden, you can lead off. Yeah, last week uh, we had started our a weekly notebook series on dirtondirt.com, you know, highlighting all the all the action throughout a weekly racing across the country and dirt late model racing. And, and so um, I wrote about Pennsylvania racer Jim Bernheisel last week, and uh, this week I'll be featuring Michael Doritsky two for two uh, in, in crate competition now at Tyler County Speedway in West Virginia there. So be on the lookout for that every Thursday. And uh, just to make sure you you stay up to date and in tune with what's going on uh, across the country in terms of uh, weekly late late model competition. All right, I better see this week big time feature winner last week Kevin Weaver. So I better get a little tidbit, you know, get another win that monster six car field at Farmer City. Uh, Robert Holman, you can go next. You'll go second. Uh, as we uh, record this, of course we we record this on Tuesday so hopefully uh, you folks out there listening on a Wednesday and watching on a Wednesday if you are uh, in the Midwest uh, get off the couch tonight Wednesday night get to Brownstown Speedway it's the uh, the second night of the the uh, Castro flow racing night in America series uh, to me Brownstown I've heard so many things about Brownstown through the years and I've finally got to go to Brownstown uh, for the first time four or five years ago or maybe less. It is a bucket list track, bucket list facility. Uh, if you've never been to Brownstown, get out there on Wednesday night and watch. Uh, I think uh, Kyle Larson might even supposed to be there. Uh, so it's, if obviously if you're too far away and can't go, we'd love for you to watch, uh, watch the race right here on Flow. But, man, if you can get to the track, that is, uh, that's a bucket list track, and, and there's no better time than on a Wednesday night to get out there. So, so go out to the racetrack and watch uh, some, some really good good racing. Todd Turner always raved about Brownstown when I, you know, we first met, and, and, uh, and he was he's 110% correct. It's a great place to go watch a race. Yes, get to the Jackson County Fairgrounds uh, tonight. As this thing releases, usually on Wednesday. Uh, my one more thing is uh, Kovac. 
not too often that you get to watch a race online, watch <laughs> Illinois' firstborn son, Shannon Babb, get the victory in front of the president of the Shannon Babb Bang Club, Aaron Parrish. I mean, that's that's royalty there. I just wanted to give a shout-out to Shannon Babb, picking up a $10,055 payday at 34 Raceway. But I, we were watching at the Pub 2 on the Friday night, and I was with, you know, like I said, Shannon Babb's uh, – president of his fan club, Aaron Parrish. So uh, it was very special to see uh, Babs start get a win so early in the season. Uh, I know Emily was fired up uh, and the family, but a big time win for Shannon to get a big win in uh, early April or mid April, I guess you should say, but it was just very cool that I got to see it with the guy that is basically just the head of the Shannon Bab fan club, Aaron Parrish. That was a, that was an exciting time for us that night. Well, the reason I was there, I'm, this is my one thing now too, right? I'll, I'll close it out for the week here. But the reason I was there with uh, Aaron Parrish and Derek and the rest of his buddies at the pub too in Bloomington, Illinois was because this past weekend on Saturday, Derek, he, he was, uh, he became a big boy, you know, f- officially a big boy. He, uh, he, he got hitched. He, uh, he married his lovely Colleen and they got married in, in Bloomington. So uh, my wife and I, we were there, uh, you know, for, for the wedding and, and the Friday night festivities there when he was getting fired up. And, and I, what I, the thing was about Aaron Parrish though, I was surprised. I had to point out to him that the race was on. He totally forgot that Bab was racing apparently at 34 raceway and in, in the Slocum 50 on, on Friday night. So I, I pulled it up on my phone and, and, uh, and said, Hey, halfway through the race here and, Parrish, get over here, Bab's boy, winning. Babster. And then he, then he, then he picked it up, and he was very excited to see him win. And but again, congratulations to you, Derek, for uh, you got that. I hope you're used to having that ring yet. Are you, are you still spinning it around on your finger or what? You know, uh, it's I'm not, not bad. sure. It's not bad. It's <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, no big honeymoon yet. But eventually, uh, the 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 newlyweds will I probably do have a, head out. I have a do big honeymoon. I do have a honeymoon. Well, Casual night in America. Castro night in America. That's right. Yes. In that studio. Yes. Yes. I hope everybody enjoys the, enjoys the studio shows this week. Uh, we had one last night at Eldora and be sure to tune in tonight at uh, Brownstown for night number two of Castro flow racing night in America. Uh, be sure to check out these three guys stories. They do a phenomenal job each and every week. Robert have fun this week on the road. Uh, going to have some fun in the castle races and guys uh, be sure to check out the live video as well. Flow racing while plenty of, uh, uh, live events in late model racing, as well as many other genres of auto racing. And be sure to check out the highlights at dirtondirt.com. Until next week, this is the Dirt Reporters. Thank you for watching.